Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. So Nicholas, right, as I I retweet this here, uh, we are a comic book podcast, right? And the people want to know, where is Tom Brady going to land? Uh, (laughs) It don't matter because he's out of the playoffs, baby. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages. Dorkshire Gooniverse and Geeks Worldwide Radio proudly presents to you the greatest podcasting team in the world. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. He's your fry guy, Nick Fryer. Together, we are the TLDR Comic Book Club, baby. Almost fucked that up, Nicholas. How you doing? You you came close, but you did a great job. Like you did, and, and you know it's funny that Billy and I were doing some stuff at work, and um, and he, we were talking about like how you do a great job with your intros. It's insane. Um, you, like just you do it all off the top of the dome. It blows my mind. Um, but I gotta say that you, know, you brought up the Brady stuff, and I can't help but think about the the. I don't know if this is now girlfriend or the the new like she's ripping off Giselle's whole thing. Like one guy can't do it all by himself it's just, <laughs> what, what is wrong with people like i understand supporting uh, your loved ones but my goodness it's just is she that 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 broad's just along for the ride that's that's don't blame her you know she's she's there she's gonna make a name for herself she's gonna you know her 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 socials will go up i'm i'm, I'm sure tom is very happy they're having fun together and uh but yeah uh <laughs> yes let's, let's move on from that please and actually speaking that you when you said that we are a comic book podcast which of course we are and by the way for those who are new to the show make sure you go subscribe on our audio channels of course we love you guys watching us whether it's on youtube docs twitch stream at backcracker or over on twitter but the the audio channels are the only way you're going to find our friar side chats of course we had one last week with awa studios cco chief creative officer axel alonzo had a great time talking with him always enjoy talking with him we're going to be talking to him next week and then every other week from here on out because that's what we do now <laughs> But we got to have a much more expansive talk about AWA outside of the Resistance Universe. Not that we don't love the Resistance Universe, but wanted to get in more detail on some other things, too, because there were some great books last year. And got some info about what's coming out this year from some familiar names from AWA and just in the comic book industry in general. First one that comes to mind, of course, is Garth Ennis. That, those are the only places that you're going to find those conversations. So that's Sp- Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Geeks Worldwide Radio, SoundCloud. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us there. And if you can't find us, let us know. We'll make sure that we get our stuff over there. TLDR Comic Book Club. And please leave a rating review if you're able to on your platforms. Five stars only. Otherwise, you're going to learn what Backcracker really stands for. But, Joe, when you brought that up, that we are a comic book podcast, I thought you were actually going to take it to James Gunn in the tweet that he put out earlier today. That sneaky little mix. Yeah. He he tried to sneak one past the people. He did this a lot with... I feel like he did this a lot with the first Guardians. Huh. Uh, actually, no, he did more so, I think, with the second Guardians movie, right? When the, the announcement and little, like, Easter eggs and, and people try, trying to sleuth this out. So um, I did a little digging of my own, uh, you know, with the aid of some some other people on the interwebs there. You and, did it. You got it done. Yep, but, but got it done. And it looks like James Gunn, so that, that again, that sneaky little bastard. And I say that as a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a picture of him, you know, reading a comic book, cup of coffee, right? Two mm-hmm. two wonderful things. And uh, friend, of, friend of the show, a fellow uh, DSG member, uh, Fleetwood J. Mac of the uh, the Mac and Goop program, said, oh, it looks like a Spider-Man book. And said, no, 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 no. I think you said that looks like soups. And uh, soups. We did a little digging, and, and and he was in fact reading a Superman comic, and in fact the Superman comic that James Gunn was reading was uh, Grant Morrison's and Frank Quietly's All Star Superman. Look at which that, is, which is an excellent book. And what what I want to say is is that whether that's you know his you know what he plans on you know if if that's sort of a tease of what we can expect for Soups in his version of um, you know the dc universe i'll say i got I, I i got a little bit of a beef here oh a little bit of a beef i think i think he did our boy um henry cavill dirty because mm. it's not like the decision to give the reins to james gunn just was um they woke up one morning and said yeah 
James Gunn, you're a guy. That's it. Here's the keys to the kingdom and go. It's something that had obviously been in the works for a while. Sure. And I, I think they did him dirty because they, the, you know, the, the talks between Cavill and DC to bring him back and the on again, off again. I mean, it was the better part of a year. And then they have him go out and announce it. And then when they officially announced James Gunn taking the reins, he says, adios, mm. bye-bye. And I'm not mad about it because he's no longer on The Witcher. I, I believe mm. those two things are not mutually exclusive, right? Yes, like correct. His decision to leave Witcher has more to do with the showrunners and what directed the show versus what may have been with DC. But mm-hmm. if you're going to go through all that work to bring him into the fold, have him announce it, and then not even a month later, Say, yeah, he's sorry, he's not our guy. Yeah. We want to go with the slightly younger Superman. Perhaps I think that was the narrative, you know, coming out early on. That fucking stinks because <laughs> I, I think I think Henry Cavill is a great Superman. I thought mm-hmm. he did a great job. I like Man of Steel more than most. Um, whether and I think you know whether you like the ending or not, whether whatever I can I can debate that and, and, and whatever. But I mm-hmm. I enjoy it more than most. All-Star Superman is not an origin comic, right? Like, you don't need to have a younger Superman to tell that story. You mm-hmm. can have Henry Cavill still be Superman and tell that story and tell that story well. Because with James, you know, the difference between Gunn and Snyder, right, is that Snyder's, you know, DC Universe was dark and bleak and it just wasn't very good, right? Mm. Gunn is a complete 180 of yes. that right and you still could have had you you could still like he's gonna have you know it's not like he's completely getting rid of everyone and bringing in his own people he had you know margot robbie you know play harley quinn you know in his mm-hmm. suicide squad movie right you can have these actors right dip they could be part of the bowl you know it, they could be separate things they could be this is mm-hmm. james gunn universe but this is our you know superman and he clearly wants to go in a different direction. I just think they did him really fucking dirty because it's not like they didn't know that he wasn't going to, you know, be in their plans. When it, so when they were all sitting down together, right, and having this discussion, let's bring Henry back. It's not like they said, like, oh, well, we're going to hand the reins to James Gunn, but let's not have him sit in any of these fucking meetings. And let's yeah. bring him in. Right? You know, so that's it's been a mess. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. I mean, it's just clear as day. It's been an absolute mess. So I mean, whoever like I don't know if it's whoever it is that deserves the blame for how handy Henry handy Henry Cavill was handled. Um, it's 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 I mean, it's brutal and it's and it's definitely frustrating. Um, I was kind of over it to I like, yes, I was like, wow, I cannot believe they did this and where they brought him back and they say no. Again, poorly handled, but I was still like so frustrated about everything going on with Geralt. I agree. Like, yes, he left Geralt because of creative differences, and that's not a great sign because he's so passionate about that franchise. But I can't help but wonder if he didn't have Superman, like, kind of coming back into the fray. I know he's got another like video game that he's going to be in the mix for, but I I can't help but wonder if he didn't have this, would he have maybe tried to power through the Witcher stuff or maybe work on trying to find work longer about trying to find the resolution. I don't know how long he did it for, but I can't help but wonder if he didn't have that, maybe he would have still tried for Geralt. So it's just, and now it's too late because you got Hemsworth in the mix. So I I can't imagine they'd find a resolution where they bring Cavill back and then say, you know, Hemsworth is going to go. So yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's bizarre. It, it's, it sucks how they handled it. Um, I don't know who to blame for that, but they've just been a mess. And I just hope that, I hope that gun, like he has direction and he cares about this stuff big time. And he has a good feel for how to tell superhero stories. Just hope he gets it right. And yeah. it, it can't be worse than what we got before. No. Oh God, no. And all-star Superman, if that's the adaptation or some form of it's going to be the adaptation, that's great. Have you read all-star Superman? No, I haven't. You actually Well, then I'll, I'll have to do it on the show. Cause it's, okay. uh, uh, I've, I've got a I've got a nice little Superman uh, collection. I'm I'm assuming nice. you haven't read right. any or most of them. So we've already done Red Sun. All Star Superman is a great one. Red um, so good. I got another Jeff Loeb one. Uh, Superman for all seasons, hmm. which is which is excellent. So, anyways, that's that's my thing about that. Like I'm excited, but also a little peeved at the same time because sure. they just they just they just did our soups dirty. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I also like now I'm not as big a Superman guy. I'm definitely more of a Batman guy. For, if you have to put those two against each other, but um, when it comes to this, like the Man of Steel, I also enjoyed that movie. Understand yeah. the issue with the ending, but 
I liked that more than the average person too, but I also have lower expectations for Superman stories. Things harder story to tell today's day and age, but let's move on to catching up. I think we've gotten, you especially got everything you needed to get out there. Uh, (laughs) As for me, Gunslinger Spawn issue 16, Spawn Unwanted Violence issue one. We didn't get the review copies for those last week, so made sure to catch up on those. Uh, One of my favorite covers too for Gunslinger Spawn, I got it right next to me. This is uh, by Kevin Keen, friend of the show. Not yet to appear on the show, but still friend of the show. Uh, love love his style and then wolverine issue 29 as well let's talk about that for a second because i also caught up on that we this is impromptu we didn't have these books underlined uh Mm. (laughs) but fuck man yep what an issue what an issue because i had no idea where percy was going to take this in issue 28 you know with wolverine sort of being a prisoner um you know on krakoa and uh, and beast man what a what well, yeah. a what a spit fuck he's become yeah so uh, yeah for those who who maybe have been a behind or last couple maybe, maybe like you may have known if you've read if you're if even if you're a couple issues behind i think you would know kind of what's going on with beast but for those who don't know beast is being a little bit of a bastard lately and it's yeah. really really interesting i've never really looked at him through that lens and it's like oh no it, make, it does make sense because he's so smart could get impatient all these kinds of things and now and krakoa is just falling apart at the seams and so I, it totally makes sense and now but now he's using wolverine which is a bold move and yes I, I agree like the the whole the prison and everything like that and everything that's gone on in the prison in krakoa uh, prior to Wolverine getting there, all ties in well. Some seamless like storytelling across titles. I really do appreciate that. But uh, yeah, I'm most like good, like all around good issue. But I'm most excited about him and Beast. Like, what's up with those guys? Next? Oh yeah, the the, the what, what's coming there is going to be is going to be wild. And but this issue was just great. The the the, the I can't remember the artist because it, it, I don't believe it's um the typical artist. No, was it? it's uh, RYP. I don't know who. Oh, it is Juan Jose Rip. RYP. Okay. Yeah, excellent. I mean, it was this this particular this issue in particular was excellent. Just there was some great there's some great panels there. Um, no, I, I wouldn't necessarily call them like action scenes in the sense of like mm. you know fighting, but like just just some of the stuff that, that that was going on and then sort of the reveal of what Wolverine was dealing with there was I thought was excellent so Wolverine if you haven't been reading it you know catch up you know mm. you can get the first few trades they're out there it was it was an excellent issue um I caught up on Nita Hawes uh, issue 11 as well which was also excellent um and then again from Benjamin Percy uh Ghost Rider 10 oh. uh which again uh-huh. You you weren't kidding, man. There was some wild, wild art in that. Yeah. Um, and then X Men eighteen, a beast. Yeah. Oh yeah, X Men eighteen. So are you you're going to nineteen? Because I know you've been. Yeah, you know. So I was thinking about this. I think my frustrations with X Men really kind of had to do with I wasn't reading. I didn't really. I didn't read the event, and Judges so like with with the main title X Men, that was the most scattered in terms of like issue to issue in terms of like if you weren't reading all the other stuff there was like it felt like there was chunks of things like missing but it was easy enough to kind of follow i think my biggest thing especially with since x-men was relaunched several years ago and this Mm -hmm. whole krakoa thing is it's it really isn't your your traditional x-men anymore Mm -hmm. it's seeing charles as sort of a villain we're now starting to see beast as sort of a villain Mm x-men they're they're more selfish, not all of them, right? Cyclops is still right. We still have a faction, a core of X-Men that are still out there. Um uh, that are the X-Men that, that are acting and behaving the way we know and love. I love mm-hmm. what they've been doing lately with um uh with Wolverine X23, right? With Laura's character. Um, but like you've got you've got Charles, you've got Beast, you've got more of these X-Men, they're acting more in their own self-interests and mm-hmm. It's more it's 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 always been an us versus them mentality because of the way that, you know, the humans, you know, act towards the mutants and the mutants are always trying to make peace. They're not trying to make peace anymore with this current iteration of X-Men. So I come into grips in terms with that, uh, especially over this latest this latest run has been like, "Mm, is this what I want for my X-Men? But it is pretty good storytelling. So. 
Yeah, I and obviously we have the there's um there's a Mr. Sinister event that's coming up written by Kieran Gillen. I gotta make sure that I catch up on the uh Immortal X-Men because I'm a little bit behind on that one. And then on top of that, we're getting I think is it the fall of X that's coming in the summer? So. It's, it's yeah. something along those lines. So maybe we uh maybe we uh, you're you're reading X-Men, so maybe you're on top of it a little bit, you're definitely on top of it a little better than I am, but maybe that's something I know it's been a while since we did an event thing. But this is kind of a big one if Krakoa is done. We'll, we'll discuss that later. That's a conversation for another day. Uh, let's get to what's new and please take us through Marvel, Joe. All right. So we have another whopper of a week from Marvel. Yeah. We have Venom issue 15, Hulk issue 11, uh, Immortal X-Men issue 10, Punisher issue 9, which we're Ooh. both reading. I haven't had a chance to read yet, but I can't Ooh. wait to dig in. Ooh, uh, yeah. Strange issue 10, Deadpool issue 3, uh, Dark Web X-Men Issue 3, Star Wars Bounty Hunters Issue 30, Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man Issue 4, Avengers Forever Issue 13, Invincible Iron Man Issue 2, Spider-Man The Lost Hunt Issue 3, Alien Number 5, Han Solo Chewbacca Issue 9, Wasp Number 1. I can see that one I might read because that might, you know, I'm assuming it's probably going to lead into mm. uh, Quantumania. Uh, Namor, Conquered Shores, Issue 4, Wakanda, Issue 4, uh, Peter Parker, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Double Team, Issue 3, Avengers 2, Wonder Man, and Beast, Issue 1. And uh, that is all the books that are being printed from Marvel this week. <laughs> uh, DC, which has one title that we both want to talk about. I think everybody can figure out what that is if you've been following the show long enough. Or if you're just paying attention to all of comics right now. Um, one of the most hyped up books of you know, start the year, I should say, actually. Um, but we got The Flash, 791. Batman, Superman, World's Finest, Issue 11. One Bad Day, uh, Bane, Issue 1. That's, of course, a Batman book. Batgirls issue 14, Lazarus Planet, Assault on Krypton issue 1, Black Adam 7, The New Champion of Shazam issue 4, Batman Fortress issue 8, Stargirl the Lost Children issue 8, Monkey Prince issue 10, Titans United Blood Pact issue 5, Harley Quinn the Animated Series Legion of Bats issue 4, Fables 157, GCPD The Blue Wall issue 4, and then, Joe, what's the book that we both want to talk about today? So it's a book we've been gearing up for a little while um, and pretty much ever since, since, you know, since Tom Taylor started writing it, uh, because we knew he would be writing this this issue is Nightwing 100. Mm -hmm. And I texted you. I mean, this so I typically, you know, Billy has accounted for this on Pineapple Boys Well, when I say things, you know uh repetitively you know my catchphrases so to speak but you know peek behind the curtain yeah when it comes to reading the books for the week i try like friday nights and saturday nights those are the nights i try and catch up the books like i didn't read from that week that you know like like i didn't discuss on the show hmm. that i want to catch up on or maybe some other books i haven't gotten to um or those are nights where i'm sort of rereading books and want to talk about the show and then typically monday night tuesday mornings is when i read the stuff that's new for this week but i was so excited to read i think i read this on friday and i and i texted you immediately have you read nightwing yet and uh matt so i mean we we have we we cannot discuss enough how much we love tom taylor's run on this character and you've been reading nightwing much longer than i have you through the good through the bad the ugly right and through the rest <laughs> and 98% of what Tom Taylor has done here with Nightwing has been A++ stuff. You know, mm. we don't need to whatever the fucking yep. event was, right? We just we just skipped that. Like, that we skipped, like like we skipped Rick Grayson. Um and this issue in particular, I love where the story's been going. And I just love Taylor's handling of Nightwing. I've said it before. He's doing as good a job of, with Nightwing as Chip Zdarsky, my Chip, has done with Daredevil. And this issue in particular, we knew it was going to be a big one. We knew that it was going to, you know, set up a lot of stuff. But what I wasn't expecting from this issue was the emotional nature of it. Mm. And we get a moment between, you know, Dick and Bruce that, that dare I say, might be the most human 
the most um what's the word i'm looking for like you know, raw well emotional? Raw, raw emotional down to earth this is like the most um relatable that bruce wayne and batman has ever been mm. right because when you when you when you when you, you look at batman when you read batman when you know the character as well as we do and those who are watching and those who are listening know he is he is brooding he is oftentimes selfish there's a disconnect between him as a as a as a hero and him as a human and we don't really get to see him as you know and and the moment that those two share um it's the second time that tom taylor's you know gotten you know gotten me to you know, to, to to cry a little bit uh on the, on this series but there was something there the way he handled it the way he wrote it it was it was fantastic yeah. and i wish and i hope that we get a little bit of more a little bit more of that from not necessarily batman but bruce wayne you know going forward because it's really nice to see that little bit of separation because over over the years it's just bruce wayne has become batman there is no alter ego mm-hmm. right there is no it, it's in the same way like we see that with superman right there is no clark Kent or superman we just see you know mr goody two shoes right mm-hmm. um and so like these characters have become like a, a a bit one note that's not to say it's bad they've mm-hmm. just become a bit one note so it was i thought it was really something to see that guard come down and for those two characters to share that moment and uh, when you read it you'll know it it was mm-hmm. fucking awesome yeah uh and like you this is actually for me this was the first time though where i te- like teared up reading this like and it's to me it was very much you know as someone who who's still not a father it, it felt like a moment like a father-son moment but i was on the more on the dick grayson side of it and not that you know not that my old man is like as brooding as bruce wayne i just you know uh but it's just like it, you know there's it, it there's differences like you know from you know cross generations and how you handle emotions and everything like that especially among men and i think now we're a little bit better about it than our fathers were um not to throw my you know my old man out of the bus but it's just like hearing some of this stuff you know that i'm you know hearing from bruce and, and how dick's receiving it it's just um you know, it just, I felt like I've, you know, had some serious conversations with my father over the year, over the past few years. And it's just, um, and you know, how I feel about my relationship with him and everything like that. And it's just, um, you know, struck a chord. And it's, you know, even now I'm like, I'm feeling as we're talking about it. It's just, it's very impactful. And, and, and then there's a lot of other stuff that goes on beyond what Joe and I are talking about right now. Um, right. But this is what's going to stick with most readers by and large. Well, actually, there's another major development in this too that we're not even remotely touching. Right, right. We don't want to spoil anything, yeah. right? Uh, but you know, you know, you know what that moment was like, though. It's like I don't know if, the, if this ever happened to you, Nick. I'm uh, between the two of us. I might be a little bit more emotional, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like maybe you're you're, you're dating a girl, or it's that first time you sort of say "I love you," uh-huh. uh, and you don't like. It's not a planned thing. It just sort of you just sort of blurted out mm. and then you see the oh shit look on their face and then they must see the oh shit look on your face and then like it would, uh, it was perfect it was it, the way the way that tom you know he sort of built up to that and then just over the, the, <laughs> that, that several panels where that happens you know between mm-hmm. the two of them it was it was awesome it mm-hmm. was it was really awesome and mm-hmm. and that's just a, I mean that's just a small fraction of this issue. I mean what the stuff leading into it in, in issue ninety nine, what we get um, in issue in issue one hundred, both from you know where you know Nightwing is going, and also where you know um, Heartless is going, mm-hmm. and the shit. It was excellent. It was just just panel to panel, page to page. It was sheer perfection it's amazing what tom taylor has done with this title. like i feel like we've gotten there's been you know, over the years we've gotten good dick grayson stuff we've gotten some stuff that's been you know a little bit head scratching but with this it, it, with his run in you know obviously bruno redondo has been the, the artist primarily on the series and and was for issue 100 it's amazing what this team has done where it's like they find ways to hit on certain beats of the character emotionally and it's like they don't do they do it like they, they'll hit on similar beats, 
but it still feels different every single time, month to month. And 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 th- there are other things that they hit on as well too. And I just I'm blown away by how they've been able to do that as a team so consistently, so well. And in a time too where like where I say like, hey, you know, Superman, it's kind of tough to sell, tell a good Superman story because he's like you said, too goody two shoes. Like Dick Dick Grayson, like he's about as good a dude as you get you're gonna get in comics. Yet this is some of the most compelling stuff that we've seen. The difference between him and Superman, though, right? Superman's OP, right? We yes, get that, 100%. right? But he's he's he is as straight a shooter as there is. Yep. So isn't Dick Grayson, but Dick Grayson is relatable. He's yep. human, right? He, he he's just out there. He's just got you know his skills that he's learned from his parents and from Bruce over the years. And I think that's that's what makes him such a compelling character is that mm-hmm. he's not he's not overpowered. He doesn't have any superpowers, um, but he's very relatable. You know, and his actions are, you know, always they just always come from a great place. And so mm-hmm. uh, you've talked about uh, Bruno Redondo's art, which is great. Now, there were a, a, a bevy of covers, Nicholas. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So the one there was a cover there that uh, I had one and one A, right, for my mm-hmm. covers that I wanted. I wanted the Dan Morris cover um, which unfortunately didn't have. But the other cover and I was going to get both, mind you. Uh, but this one by uh, Javi Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see if I can get that out of the glare. There oh, that, you go. That yep. is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. just, just fantastic. This might, this might get put in a frame up on the wall. I had this idea, right? So you can see behind me here, right over this corner, right? Mm-hmm. I got a spawn cover up there, and um, behind me, I guess, some others. So I was thinking of um, buying four cases. One for something is killing the children. Issue one. Ooh. One for Once in Future issue one. Now I didn't start reading Daredevil until like I didn't start buying Daredevil until like physical copies until issue five. I had bought the digital copies because by the time I hopped on, uh those issues were already off the shelves for me. So I've got like issues one through four digitally, but issue five is one of my favorite covers, anyways. That one, and then I might put this one on there, right? Those so the first three are the books that really got me back into comics. Mm-hmm. And then Nightwing has just been like my you know, biggest surprise with the past one of my bigger surprises with the past couple of years. So we'll hang those up in bag end over here somewhere. Nice, nice. Yeah. That is a nice touch. Bag end is looking really sweet right now, too, as we see it in the background. Um, let's move over to image. Uh, why don't you take us through what we got coming out from this week? All right. So we have what's the furthest place from here? Issue 10. I hate fairyland issue three, nightclub issue two. Oh, oh, I'll get to that one in a second. Art Brute <laughs> issue two, uh, Hexware issue two, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Backcracker's autobiography, Shirtless Bear Fighter two, issue six, uh, Immortal Sergeant issue one, Three Keys issue four, and then we have uh, before we get the book we want to talk to, uh, we have a series of trades. Now, again, peek behind the curtain, counter issue two. Uh, you know the review copies we get. These were all these series of uh, trades were in that folder, but they weren't listed um, on League of Comic Geeks. What's new this week? Now, mm. if I type them in above snakes, right? For example, it will say above snakes trade paperback volume one, and then it has the date underneath it. Why mm. the fuck couldn't you? Because yeah, because the way they do it, like I normally I, I'm with you. The way they do it, you have to click like there's buttons you gotta click. Dumb. To, like, get yeah, the dumb. Just just put it all out there. Put all out there. But we got three trades from uh, th- that are worth talking about. We got Above Snakes. We got Public Domain Volume One, and that Texas Blood Volume Three. Of course, we had Sean Lewis on to talk about Above Snakes. We had uh, Chip Zdarsky on, and we did talk about Public Domain with him a little bit there the last time we had him on. I've read those two series, Above Snakes. If you're looking for a kick-ass western, definitely something that you want to pick up. Public Domain. I think when you talk about comics that you know, can bring people in, you know, especially now in this era of all the comic book movies that we get, the superhero movies that we get, this is a way to get in because this is not like your normal comic book. And it is very much a commentary on that from a guy who's now writing Batman, 
who has written or still writing Daredevil and actually told us some stories about his time writing Daredevil while the show on Netflix was going on, which is an interesting, uh, interesting one that has always kind of stuck with me. That's from our first Friarside chat with Chip Zdarsky, if you want to go listen to that. And he's also the artist on this series, too. So I think that is a very interesting experience for anybody who's trying to get in on indie comics or someone who you're trying to introduce to comics, maybe as an adult who's like, hey, I don't want to just read superhero stuff. Well, it can be something different. There can be other commentaries. I would pick this one up for them. And of course that Texas blood, you know, you, you harped on that recently. Yeah. And Keith read it and uh, from the dark podcast and uh, he agreed to me. Volume three was, you know, it all three volumes are excellent, but three was, it was next level for this series. Absolutely fantastic. Um, the book we want to um, we want to discuss, you know, real quick uh, yeah. is Old Dog Issue Three from uh, Declan Shalvey. Uh, and man, I fucking love this series. Right, I uh, I fucking love it. It is it is it is different than you know what what I think majority of what we're reading here. Like the first issue was was real trippy, right? And the second issue was a little bit more linear. This, this felt like it was just like a like a, a, sort of like an anthology issue, you mm -hmm. know. In this sort of you know, um, we're only a few, we're only three issues in, obviously. But like this was sort of like a standalone story that was fucking badass. But at the same time, it gives us more insight into the character, yeah, uh, into the world that's going on. I mean, he's drawing it, he's writing it. And and I just love this grizzled old bastard, and and the layers of the storytelling that we get here. Um, it's this is a fucking fantastic series. If you haven't started reading it yet, this is this is going to be one you want to read. You know, I, I think if you read the first, uh, I understand why Declan went with the first one. Of course, we had him on the show. If you want to get some more background on the series, go check that one out. That conversation was from late last year. Definitely, like I, I, I like the first issue and understand why he started there. It was like, because you're trying to like tell the way the story is going to be told, what happens to the character, what makes this special, you know, this individual so special. But I would argue this could have been a, a, a issue one as well because as much as we don't know about the characters, like like odd thing that he has going on with him, this was very compelling from the standpoint of like what this character is like history, because that's something yeah. that was touched upon early. And then you kind of like, he's kind of looked at as like, Oh yeah, this is just some guy who's like worked behind a desk for years because who knows probably just cause he sucked in the field. And then it's like, no, 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 no. We find out there is a serious thing that yeah. happened in his past, both from a career standpoint and then from like an emotional standpoint. And yeah. it's like, wait a minute, what the fuck? So he's elevated to a whole nother level for me after reading yeah. this issue. Yeah. That, that was such a great reveal. Um, and again, like we'd sort of talk about like, you know, uh, you know, you know, characters getting emotional and shit like that. And, and the relationship that he had, he has with his daughter and just the disdain she has for him. And it's like, that sort of thing where the old man is trying to, you know, rekindle. It's just like, they're two Rams butting heads. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but that reveal, man, like this whole issue, it was, it was, it was much different from the first two issues, but, but so fucking good. And it, it, even though it was a little bit different, it still fits perfectly. Just, just how he's sort of un unraveling everything here as we go along. It, it's a great bit of storytelling. I'll tell you, I think it was my favorite issue. Like one is like a very, was a very unique experience for this story. Cause it's just, again, go read it if you haven't already, but it's very trippy. This one for me though, like just, it, it takes the character, like, like, no, no, he was like, he was good at his job. Like, yeah, he, like, he got into a certain spot and we learned about that here. I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's just like, th there's a lot more to this guy than we ever knew. And it's not just like, it always seemed like it, we knew it was a second chance for him, but like, it's more important than I necessarily knew early on. So, uh, you know, again, pick this one up, old dog issue three, uh, skybound, of course, uh, prints their stuff through image, Robert Kirkman's imprint, walking dead deluxe issue five and chroma issue three hit shelves this week. From Boom, we have The Vampire Slayer, Issue 10, Eve, Children of the Moon, Issue 4, House of Slaughter, Issue 11, which, of course, you are reading that title. Uh, what, Justin, done on that? So, you know, I've been bitching about this series. It's been sure. like, the, the, this is uh, kick-starting off to a much, much better arc than we've gotten yet so far. Okay, nice. This was, this was a very, very, this was one of the more compelling 
uh, bits of storytelling. Good. That is yeah. a, that was a good change of pace. Um, we also got Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 104. Uh, they do this is all about Rita Repulsa in this one. Really love what Melissa Flores did in this issue, and by and large, just really enjoying how she's handling this title. Of course, she's extremely familiar with the Power Rangers franchise, given her you know background working you know over there uh, for so long. And I also wanted to touch on too. We could have touched off this on this off the rip too. We got a, a Power Ranger special coming out, like a 30 year anniversary thing on Netflix. We're not seeing Amy Joe Johnson in the promo stuff. Out, I'm out. I'm a, I'm very annoyed by that, but I gotta imagine that they're, they're like trying to hide it. There's no way you're gonna go and do that and like not have her involved. But also, this is when did they start filming this too? Because there's just there's obviously been a lot going on in Power Ranger community because obviously the the um, you know, untimely death of Jason David Frank. You know, it's it, I so I have no idea like what's what to expect other than the four Rangers. No one knows what to expect other than the four Rangers that we've heard about. But it is cool to see Zach back in the mix because he I don't think he's been around for a while. I don't know if Jason necessarily has either. Billy was around for a long time, um, but I'm I'm gonna watch this. But I'm just like. Why is there no Amy Joe Johnson? It's like she was. Yeah, it's in... going to be revealed. That's that's yeah. going to be the big pop. I think. She was in the 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 uh, Power Rangers movie that was like redone, uh, like the, the reboot or whatever of the franchise a few years ago. Like she was in that, and Jason David Frank was in that. Like, yeah. I, I, so what are we what are we talking about here? But anyways, um, there is one other uh, book from Boom that you wanted to touch on. Yeah. So uh, you know, this is um, Dune House of Harkonnen issue one. So I've talked about, uh, I've read several Dune books, you know, over the past couple of years. I've talked about uh, Dune House of Atreides, um, you know, on the show before. So what I love about these Dune books is that they're great companion pieces to, you know, whether you have read Dune or if you've just seen the movie, right? You know, the you know, Brian Herbert, right? The writer is the son, um, you know, of the author who wrote uh, Dune and, so this was a great first issue, right? It's, it's very similar to how um, you know, uh, you know, House of Atreides uh, was written. I mean, obviously, same writer there. So, like it, again, I'll just you know keep it brief. If you're a fan of Dune, right? If you if you love a good sci-fi story, these Dune stories, whether they've been the one shots or they've been sort of these longer uh, you know series, have are great companion pieces. They sort of fill in some of these gaps. They give you some origin stories that you don't necessarily get when you read the main book for Dune that you don't get when you watch the movie. So these characters that are already established, you get their origins, you get, you know, bigger pieces of the puzzle of this, this much larger world, the, the machinations of everything that that's going on, you know, cause we're, for those who have just seen the movie where things start, like, you know, there's been, you know, things moving for decades, right? Mm. And so the, the the chess game has been going on for a very long time. And this sort of helps show you some of those chess moves. So it shows you some of, you know, how we get sort of to where things start in, in the Dune universe. So uh, very well written, very well drawn, very compelling stories. Um, if, again, if you're a fan of Dune, you're going to want to check these you know, these titles out. Cause they're, like I said, they're just great companion pieces. Nice. Nice. Uh, let, let me roll through these other ones real quick, Joe, um, in the, for the sake of time. So we got dark horse, white savior issue one, uh, resident alien, the book of love issue three, uh, IDW TMNT one thirty six TMNT, the Armageddon game issue four Sonic, the hedgehog Scrapnik Island issue four star Trek resurgence issue three, Aftershock, uh, they got stuff back out. It looks like there's something wrong with Patrick Todd, issue four. Chicken Devils, issue two. Maniac of New York, don't call it a comeback, issue one. Comicsology, we got Barnstormers, issue four. Retroverse, issue two. Census, issue five. And Edgeworld, issue six. From Vault, we have Giga, issue five. Nightfall, double feature, issue two. And then we have Barbaric, Hell to Pay, Issue one, this is the start of the third arc of Barbaric. The first two had been three-issue series, and we also had a one-shot mixed in there as well. And I've talked about this one on the show at length. This is must-read stuff. This is, like, I, I really enjoy it. And I, like, I knew coming into the, the, the start of the first arc, like, I, I've been on it since it first started, but I, 
it, there was a lot of hype around this, and it has absolutely lived up to it. And the talking axe was named axe appropriately is absolutely the straw that stirs the drink as much as Owen is cool. Soren is cool. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the, the vampire friend steel. He, you know, he's been a nice addition to the mix. We also see some other characters who had popped up previously in, in barbaric, but weren't necessarily at the center of things of this, this, this important, the, the central story. Um, they are now in the mix and they are very much going to be involved going forward. So I'm very excited to see these additions after getting some introductions quickly over the last, uh, after, uh, we've gotten those introductions of these new characters after the first arc. Um, so very high on barbaric kits. Can't say enough positive stuff about it. And um Definitely, you know, pick up those. The, I, I believe both of the trades are available now, but definitely get on top of those and uh, and give this one a look this week. Then, Joe, we have uh, AWA, which actually they have a trade coming out this week, and I think that's the title that you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I was initially this week I was going to um, discuss West of Sundown, uh, which I will save for our next mainline issue because when I was looking ahead, AWA. Absolution trade drops this week on New Comic Book Day, and so I've, I I read the first issue way back when, and I've, I've talked about it, saying, "Oh, I guess I got to catch up on it." I kind of fell behind, and so I was like, "You know, with the trade, let me let me see." You know, my gut was telling me after that first issue, it's definitely a TLDR worthy book, but you still you got to read it because you never know, right? Mm-hmm. And I read the second issue. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't even fucking bat an eyelash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I texted you right away saying I'm doing Absolution this week. So. Uh, I'll tell you what, I fell behind on this one. Like I wanted to, I wanted to give this one a look and I, like I was, I have all the stuff to read and I just haven't done it yet for some reason. And then like, I think after a point, like you read the second one and you really liked it. And then I was like, okay, just leave it alone. So Joe can talk about it on the show. Um, <laughs> but I was like, this was one right away that was on my radar. I was like, yeah, I want to read this one. Yeah. Yeah. So absolution from AWA studios written by Peter Milligan, um, who also wrote American Ronin, uh, which I absolutely love. Um, artist on this is Mike Diodato. Yes, Jesus Christ, and Sacrament. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, yeah, we got, you know what? I think we got to get Peter Miller. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We're going to have to talk to our good friend Axel, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, artist Mike Diodato Jr., who does a lot of the art on, on a lot of these books, colorist, again, Lee Lethridge, who does a lot of the colors, um, mm-hmm. and he kills it. Um, he kills it here. And then, letterer Steve Wands. Uh, so, synopsis Nina Ryan was hired was a hired killer who brought nothing but pain and suffering to the world. Now she has a month to prove that she can change a month to make up for her crimes and find absolution or the bombs that have been implanted in her head will explode, killing her instantly as her journey of atonement is live streamed to a fickle public. Nina is Nina is about to discover the road to redemption might be splattered with blood and boy is it splattered with fucking blood this book Nicholas it's violent and it is spectacular <laughs> it is so it is is so yeah it's fucking awesome so you know as as is the stand, typically the standard case of the AWA books it's mm-hmm. five issues long so the the trailer as i mentioned you know, as you're listening to this is out if you're watching us live drops tomorrow but if you're listening it is out in your local comic book shop fucking buy it yep. it's tremendous so uh, my elevator pitch for this would be suicide squad meets youtube okay Right, because we know how we know how the Suicide Squad works. They got yeah. you know if they don't follow the fucking rules, you know, kablooey. Yep. And so that's what this character, you know, she doesn't. The synopsis says she's just got the bombs in her brain. But when you're reading the story, you find out they're not just in her brain. They're targeted all. They're planted all over her body, around all her vital organs. So like, oh, you know, you know they're gonna make sure that yeah, yeah, <laughs> you won't. You're not gonna survive if you don't achieve you know, a hundred percent, you know, absolution. So essentially sort of as the, as the synopsis sort of, you know, you know, describes there is that there is a chance for redemption. There is a chance that, you know, you know, you've committed all these crimes uh, in normal circumstances. We'd fucking, you'd be executed, but eh, this, we're going to make some entertainment out of it. We're going to allow you, give you a second chance, 
but you have to earn it. And so you have a month to reach a score of 100% absolution um, or you die. And if any point in time during that month, if your absolution score drops below 10%, you die. Hmm. Right. So it's, it, there's a little speed in there as well. You know, bus can't go, you know, slower than 55 miles an hour. Yeah. And so <laughs> what, what, what makes this unique, right. Is that, you know, her road to redemption, right. Is live streamed. So every action that she makes, you know, people were watching essentially, like I said, suicide squad beats YouTube. It's being live streamed. And people can thumbs up, thumbs down, right? And you've got the the chat that's going on. So, like, throughout the story, what I love about the way this book is written also, and I'll I'll dive in a little bit more, is that, like, you're constantly seeing these different colored dialogue boxes, which are chat boxes. It's just highlighting, like, the chat. So, you, like, I mean, when you think of people like YouTube commenters, you know, Twitch commenters, you know, whatever, like, you're going to have people that love what they're seeing and they're going to be very positive. And then you're going to see the miserable fucks that are on there and the depraved fucks that are on there. And and so like, and they highlight, you get the comments that are just sort of, you know, coming from all over the place. And it, it adds, you know, to, you know, the joy of reading this book because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're reading the narration from the main character. You're reading the dialogue, the stories are advancing, but you're also getting like this, this commentary in there which is great because it provides a little bit of levity and you're like, what the fuck? And it's just like, you know, huh, you know, I've experienced that. Right. Like, you know, and, and so, (gasps) yeah. (laughs) So like your, your score goes up or goes down depending on her action. So what Nina has to do to, to, to reach this hundred percent absolution to be absolved of her crimes. Right. Is like, she's got to like, she's got to start take, you know, her, her path is to take out, more bad guys right mm. so she's not just an assassin for hire now she's like her 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 path to, to redemption is to take out the worst of the worst and you know what what's great about it is like peter milligan's storytelling in this is one of the things i love in general about awa is that they have a bevy of badass female characters Right. So you can add, you know, Nina Ryan on that list of, of characters that they are just fucking awesome. And one of the things that Peter Milligan does really well, we saw um, we don't necessarily sacraments a little bit different. Right. The storytelling and the and, and, and the type of story he's telling there is, is different. But this mm-hmm. and American Ronin are very similar in the fact that we're seeing a main character who is very smart, who is very, very, very good at what they do and generally they are two steps ahead of their opponents, right? They're sort of always playing from, you know, they're playing ahead. Um, but there are those rare occasions when the main character is playing from behind. And it's in the moments that we, we you know, we get like an American Ronin where you see it and it just sort of adds to the suspense of the story. With Absolution, there are those moments where, you know, where she, you know, sort of gets a step or two behind her opponent. But she's always sort of playing from behind the eight ball in this is because she's not just battling, you know, crime bosses or scumbags that she's got to take out, but she's battling the fickle audience and her absolution score. Right. Is always sort of on the wrong side of 50 percent. And what she's trying to figure out is how do I get that score? So she's got to, you know, she's got to really get creative with how she kills people. She's got to learn how to build that suspense. Right. And that was just an aspect of the storytelling that I love because it's like, you know, each issue, each panel, you know, page to page, you're like, what is she going to do? That's going to help Jack up that score. And then you'll see periods where it goes up high and then it dips again. Right. And so it's like, there's just, there's suspense on top of suspense in this book, which really I think makes it great. And then you add in the commentary from the people who are watching the live stream, but also you get like, it's sort of like, you know, when you watch the walking dead in its prime and it had like the after show, right. Where yeah. sort of com- Right. So you had sort of like, we saw this in not all robots, right. Where you sort of had like, uh, was it was it not all robot? Where you had sort of like that Fox News style show where you yes, had human all robots, right? Well, so you have sort of like this talk soup type panel on this that are what? you know commenting on her as you know she's going through like her various things, right? And so mm-hmm. you've got people that are pro Nina, people who are, and like it was really good. So like 
again, we've seen this from AWA recently where they've, I think one of the things they do pretty well is social commentary, right? We saw it with Not All Robots. We saw it with New Think, right? There's a bit of satire there. There's social commentary. Uh, some of it's a little bit more on the nose uh, than I generally prefer. Mm. Uh, but like with this, like the social commentary is there, like that that instant gratification, that gimme, 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 now, 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 more, more, more. You know, mm. you're going to go online. You're going to, you know, you're going to live your life through this world that's on your screen. And like the, the keyboard warriors that have all the power, <laughs> right? Yeah. The fat, slobby schmucks like myself, they're on there pounding away, blah, 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 the trolls and shit. Like, they're the ones that are deciding these people's futures. So, like, you know, that's this is a sci fi story that takes place in the future, but it's very, very much based on sort of what, you know, is kind of going on now. And so, like, the social commentary in this is on the nose, but it isn't. And, and so mm -hmm. it, was, it was just great. And so, you know, the, the storytelling is top notch. Um, you know, we've talked time and time again about Mike Diodato's uh, junior work, whether it's the fourth man, whether his stuff in the resistance, you know, his cover stuff like his stuff. I've always enjoyed. It fits AWA style very well. This, I think, is his best work. Wow. The action sequences, uh, the violence, you know, it's it's spot on. Lee Lothrich's colors like, again, fits the tone. You know, I, I think those two do a lot of work together. So I think mm. they're they're very, you know, and so like the, the art style and the colors, you know, fits perfectly. And as I mentioned earlier with the with the commentary boxes, we don't talk about letters all the time, mm -hmm. but it was great. It was done really well here. And mm. so um, there's not a lot of characters to talk about, like Nina Ryan. She is the main character and there are definitely some side characters. I can't really discuss them without. I don't sure. want to give anything away. And there again, there isn't really a main um, antagonist because sort of each issue is focused mm. on, you know, what she's trying to do to raise her absolution score. But there is sneaky, you know, some breadcrumbs of a main villain being woven in there that, you know, comes to the ultimate climax in the fifth issue. So, uh. and, and that's, and that's the, the character that really sort of, you know, gives her the, you know, it's her biggest threat. So badass female characters, fantastic art, outstanding storytelling. I mean, this is an AWA classic. Uh, it's, a, it's, you know, up there, you know, with, with it's, it, you know, this and Sacrament really sort of came out at the same time. Okay. And Sacrament is the one that I sort of latched on to because of the horror element of it. Mm. Um, but this is step for step, just, just as every bit is, is good. Hmm. The the thing that so first actually before I say give any takes from what you said, is there any characters that you look at like because Mike Diodato does this a lot? That's that's the actor that he was going yeah. for in this moment. Did you have a few of those? There was two. I, I, one one is slipping me, but the one that is is one of the TV commentators, and it's he looks just like Woody Harrelson. Really, it's awesome. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because wow. he's he's he, and, and 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 so his character is very kind of Woody Harrelson esque. And just huh. the type of, you know, so it looked, it was great. And so, um, but the, his character design of, of Nina Ryan is fucking badass. Like it's such a good book, man. Such a good book. I'm, I'm excited to give this one a look again. I was interested in, in looking this over. That a boy. Nice stuff. Oh, um, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> um, just but, checked on. Oh, yeah. God damn. <laughs> yes. I hit it and it didn't. Oh man. Yeah. You're muted. Yeah. Nope. Now you're live. All right. Yeah. Um, but what was I? <laughs> that's amazing might um, rip a fart next right <laughs> might, well, really go i'll tell you what i got for, changed my mind wes up to, uploaded some stuff so i actually do have access to some uh fart sounders now but we're not gonna we're not gonna do that on this program <laughs> we're a classy joint we talk about comics um yeah. but i i did want to say like you, you bring up the whole lack of villain until later on and get breadcrumbs and everything like that to me i know for you 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 don't need to have like this villain that straw that stirs the drink but for you to say like there's not really this like one villain until the end and you love this as much as you do it says a lot about this title like i it, again not that we both absolutely need that if you have a compelling main character that can really drive a title but i, I that's like still for for that to be in the mix and you just like be that high on it says a lot about absolution well, you know, so so don't get me wrong. Like each issue has a very deplorable character, but not just like, one, not just that one villain. Who's right, right, right. Yeah, there isn't right until the until sort of like the very end. You go, oh, right. 
Yep. But like, yeah, that that that's what's great because like, even though this is a linear story, point A to point B, mm-hmm. uh, each issue does sort of it, it does have sort of that anthology type feel to it. Mm-hmm. Like there is that uh, yeah, there's that thread that connects every single one because she's trying to right, but you know her target in each one to help raise her to help get her to that hundred percent score. Uh, you know, changes from issue to issue, and mm-hmm. then the way this book ends, Nick. So now, Ooh. without without getting into any spoilers about how this ends, yeah. Right? I mean, this is the like like we when we talked about above stakes, right? Like we said, we we like the world. Like, yeah, would we would be interested in hearing more about dirt? Yes, but really, I remember, I remember saying I'd rather see this world visited more in this you know wherever dirt is in the world visit let's spend some time with somebody else in this world that hayden and sean had created do you find like if you were told okay we're gonna get like an absolution volume two but we're gonna focus on someone else in this world would you like to see something like that well yeah but you have to it's the only way to do it because of the premise of of the story right like you've got one month Right. Mm, to true. reach the score or not. Right. And I, I don't need if the character reaches that score, I don't need to see them beyond that, because what makes this this world, this mm. idea, this premise uh, entertaining is will they, won't they? Right. Right. And then and then the journey. Right. So this is something where you could have volume two, volume three, volume four, volume five different characters, whether right. they're a character you want to root for or you want to root against. That's the other thing, too. It's like. You could watch, you, you could read this. They could, you know, Peter Miller could come back and next volume, write a character that you fucking hate and mm-hmm. you don't want them to see, get that score, but maybe they do. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, what the, right? And so it's, it's all about like, they very well could do that. And I'm not, you know, sure. me saying that doesn't give this away, mm-hmm. but just the, the inherent premise of this book is that there's a finite, you know, binary, right? Yes. No, you've got that much time to do it. And, nice. and that's, that's the fun. That's where the suspense comes in. That's you know where you could go a different couple of different ways with different types of characters in this world and still have it feel different um, and not, not ever really get stale. Well, everybody go pick this one up at your local comic shop. So maybe we can get a crack at an, at a second volume. If we're not, if it's not already in the works because of the successes from the single copy issues time to move on to my book, Joe, unless you have anything else that you want to add. No, no, this was this oh, was this was show or movie. Uh, well, movie, movie, okay. right? Again, because again, like I said, it's finite, right? Mm. So, like, you Unless could they did drag... an anthology, you know, one season for each. True, true, mm. but you know, one month time, it's hard to, I think, to me, mm. like, mm, to true, suspend true. belief and 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 stretch a uh, one month. You could do it over eight episodes, six, eight episodes, whatever. But like for me. Yes, yes, Give me, give me, give me a two-hour, give me a tight two-hour movie. Okay, nice. That's that definitely makes more sense than right. than trying to do a show. Okay, nice. All right. Uh, so I am talking about another one, another title that was uh, a one arc, one you know, limited series. Uh, Nemesis from Mark Millar, Steve McNevin, David McCaig as the colorist, and then the letterer was Chris. Eliopoulos. Now, of course, if you go and check on our Twitter at TLDR underscore pod, you'll see that we said, you know, this is from Image, which the second volume is, uh, which is is out now. The first issue of that is out now. Nemesis Reloaded. Jorge Jimenez is the artist on that on this uh, this volume of the series. But this is not originally an Image title as much as the, the trade of Nemesis. The first volume is available through Image. Uh, this was actually produced by Icon originally. For those wondering what the hell is Icon, this was actually Marvel's creator-owned branch from years ago. This does not exist anymore. This and because it's creator-owned, you know. God forbid they give their creators more money, right? <laughs> um, so it's because it's creator-owned. You know, Millar is able to go and do, take it elsewhere, um, and that's that is what's happening. This was original. This, so this one that I'm talking about today is a four-issue series. The Nemesis Reloaded, which just began last week. I'm not going to touch on that one at all today. That is a five-issue sequel to the series. Uh, as for the synopsis, Civil War, nothing. Kick-ass, a warm-up. What if the smartest, toughest, costume badass in the world was totally evil? Meet 
nemesis. He's systematically been destroying the lives of every police chief in Asia, and he's now set his sights on Washington, D.C. Between you and me, the police don't have a chance. Don't, uh, and then that that's pretty much uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So like that says a lot of what you need to know about this title. And I would think that everybody's going to be like, it would be sucked in on that to me coming out of it. It's like Batman, if he was a bad guy. And I think people can kind of imagine just how bad that would get. Um, and the reason it's too, I know I said, I wasn't going to touch too much on nemesis reloaded, but Millar did do an interview for this. And I saw that he said like, this is one of the books that he gets asked about most you know, he has like Civil War and obviously Kick Ass, Old Man Logan, like the original Old Man Logan. Run. This, that's all his stuff. And I, obviously, I've talked about other titles on here. Superman Red Sun is the one that Joe's talked about on here. And I guess he's been asked about this one a lot over the years, which is why he's wanted to revisit it. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad he did. This shit reads like that, man. It is so fast. Um, it is, we talk about violence too. Like, this is. <laughs> pretty like you know what the violence in the first few pages because there's like you know someone gets killed in a vicious way and then he's not the only person that gets killed in the course of the first issue it, it reminds me of like um the best comparison for people now who like watch who only watch shows invincible like some of the violence that you see in there where some people get like the absolute tar kicked out of them like this uh oh you know like that green lantern type character who gets like who, who gets a all her muscles, like, she, like, uh, was it um, Omni Man? Like, holding up her up against like a, a, a big like water attack, and she's like flapping in the wind. Like, it, it gives me like these kind of vibes with how vicious the the violence is throughout this. And I think that's so important for this series. Like, look, Malar, I like his stuff. I, it's, he's the person I've talked about most on this show. Um, McNevin, not someone I'm as I, I whose work I've seen quite as much, uh, or at least knowingly, but. His work is so important for this book, like any other comic is, but for this one specifically, because you're dealing with, okay, if Batman was a bad guy, he's going to be worse than the Joker. And the Joker, I mean, he's as bad as it gets. So now, and, and obviously we've seen the Batman who laughs, you know, is, is a, who's kind of a mix of the Joker and, and Batman over from DC, obviously friend of the show, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo created that character. But for this, this is just Batman. And his calculations are it's like it's it, it, it all falls into place as perfectly as you would expect so the guy who's at the center of this one now because again nemesis is targeting cops throughout all this not just cops but the absolute best cops that that you can that, that, that with the world has seen and he doesn't just kill them he dismantles their lives and it's just it is again with like the first issue because it's four issues i don't want to get too much into some of the details but like the magnitude of how impactful this character can be, how this villain can be, is like it, it's pretty nuts. Like he he goes, you know what's funny? Actually, he what he the people that he goes after in the first issue to then focus on this chief of police in Washington, DC, it's almost he's like reverse engineering it. Like he's going up way high and taking out these like really tough people, and then now he's gonna go and punch down, I guess, in a way, at this chief Morrow. And it's kind of it's kind of nuts, but it's just the way the story they develop around this character. And then again, like the stuff that happens by the the end of it all, like it's some fucked up shit. Like and it's not necessarily stuff that you have to see. It's just like what happens uh, to characters who are around Chief Morrow. And again, I, how I said how like systematic and how calculated Nemesis is. He the way Morrow finds out about uh, that he's the nemesis's new target there is a business card that is delivered to him that reads in you know white background black text blake morrow space or enter march 12th enter flatline still counts and now morrow is kind of just like okay whatever because he's you know what morrow too when we talk about um when we talk about diodata where he's got like likenesses to characters the one character who seems to have like a likeness, at least in my opinion, uh, this could be just the Lord of the Rings nerd in me, but Morrow kind of reminds me of like a more aged Figo Mortensen. That's kind of funny. Uh, so I, I did appreciate that. But again, I could just be, it could be like the Lord of the Rings nerd in me. But I, I, I think this is like, this is Malar at his best. He know, like he knows the buttons to push. He knows how to get you to just say what the fuck. 
fuck is going on here? So goddamn vicious. Um, and and I, I mean, of course, again, I'm, I'm a big Malar fan, but this is, you know, I'm, I'm very excited for Jorge Jimenez to be in the mix too, especially as someone who draws Batman and this is basically, you know, bad Batman. Um, but the, the way that everything gets tied together and just how much of an asshole this character is, I mean, <laughs> a calculated asshole. It, it's, you know, I, I've t- I love all the Malar stuff that I talk about on here, but man, this is some, this is some kick-ass shit. This sounds Pardon like it'd be an, this, <laughs> this sounds like it'd be an awesome show. Yeah, it, it, I think. Yeah, you know what? Please, like, we, there's so much good Malar stuff, and he has the Netflix contract, and I just don't know, like, what, like, you know, we've got Jupiter's Legacy and Kick Ass is on there, and I mean, what else? Like, yeah. you know, give us some of these other the other titles that I've talked about on here, please. Oh, God. Yeah, and, and the Red Sun was a great animated show too, animated yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, Netflix paid enough for it. You might as well just start putting it all out, right? Yep. Yeah, dude, make this animated. Say so, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. that would be so, so you'd have to animated. make wigs, you know. Yeah, this would be good as animated. Reborn could probably good as animated, but you could probably do that. Yeah, you know what? After did you watch the well, Witcher Blood Origins? I have not. I have not heard great things about that. Don't. It was. It, it had like a, a start where I I saw people like what this this sucks whatever, and I I was like not crazy behind, but a little behind on it, and then I went to watch it, and I was like. Okay, what are people talking about? I said as much on Change My Mind, and then I got to the end, and I was like, all right, you know, I see what everybody was talking about. It's just like this, the money, just like the budget. Like, they, there, were, there were bones that were good there, and the bones were their money, too, in this case. But it's just, it was really, like, the, the budgetary stuff. It's just like, you can't, you can't do these kind of things in 2023. I'm sorry, or yeah. 2022 when it came out, whatever. It's, it's disappointing. But anyways, so you got plenty of Malar stuff. Let's do some animated shit. Let's get weird with it. Why, why not? Um, but yeah. yeah, that's that's it for Nemesis. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds awesome. Uh, again, that sounds, and it would be, it's too bad Amazon didn't get a hold of Malar stuff oh, instead yeah. of Netflix, right? Because of the job they did with Kirkham's, you know, with Invincible, right? We know and the boys, yeah, and, and the boys, right? So we know oh, they can do live action stuff yeah. and animated stuff, right? So imagine, imagine them getting a hold of Mark Millar stuff and giving us an animated version of this, giving us an awesome sci-fi live action version of um, um, Reborn. Um, Reborn. Thank you. Right, mm-hmm. like. There's there's some great stuff there like Netflix, uh, you know Netflix. I feel like Amazon's a bit more consistent. Netflix is really hit or miss. Like Witcher fucking kills it, but then they they overextend themselves or they try to do too much and it suffers. And uh, mm-hmm. right, yeah. H- HBO and Amazon. Those are the those are the two. The two, you know, properties that, or the two studios, I should say, that I want making these adaptations because mm-hmm. they've got the money, they've got the time, they've got the talent, right? Yep. We've seen that time and time again. So, and then for those wondering what Millar books I've talked about, so now there's this one, The Magic Order was so freaking good. The f- third volume of that is wrapping up, and the fourth one's coming out this year too. King of Spies was, I mean, the f- the first issue of King of Spies was as good a first issue as like I've I've ever read and that came out in early last year and like if we'd stop like if we did like quarterly books of the of the month or qu- books of the quarter or whatever like that probably would have been the first quarter um one for me reborn which we just mentioned Greg Capullo was the artist on that series and then Jupiter's Legacy which I know the show I get it like but the book was way better than the show um they you know, I don't know if you could have done that as animated. Maybe it would have helped out. Um, but just the, well, you know, actually, it would have helped out because it was the same freaking issues that you ran into with uh, Witcher Blood Origins. Like the 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 visuals on that were just like, what the, who the hell said this was a good idea? Who okay this shit? Yeah, yeah, so we've had an issue lately with people uh, not not having a critical enough eye and letting letting things pass and then get put out for public display. I don't get it. And then of course, Joe has talked about Superman Red Sun on here. Um, but yeah, so that is it for us for this week, Joe. Um, we may have another mainline episode next week. It's been a while since we've done back to back, but I don't yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. So, so possibly west of uh, west of sundown. We'll see. Maybe I'll change my mind last minute as I am want to do. That's not. We um, don't do that on this podcast. That's not gonna mix up. <laughs> Come on, dude. Wake up. <laughs> Although I guess you could say you've heard it both ways, but who knows? Yeah. Anyways, until next week. Stay sexy.
You know it, baby. I like yeah. Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done.